George the Rock was a goon. He thought he was more than a goon, but he wasn't. That's all he was, just another goon. He played a year and a half for the Penguins, ending in 08. Even in a dressing room with Sid and Gino, The Rock played the star and tried to be buddy-buddy with the stars. But they weren't having any of that, and the dressing room was overjoyed to see him go to Montreal as a free agent. Ryan Reeves is another goon who played for the Penguins. He scored the game-winning goal for Vegas in Game 5 against Winnipeg. Here's what George LaRock had to say about that on Twitter. To Ryan Reeves, congrats on making to the Stanley Cup Final, bro, and on scoring the clinching goal against the Jets. You could send a pair of tickets to Rutherford to come watch you. Ha 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 ha. P.S. If Pitt kept you, they would have beat Washington. First off, George, when Pitt got rid of you, that's when Pitt started winning Stanley Cups, and that's not coincidence. George LaRock is just a goon. He had a meager 53 goals in 695 NHL games. This guy is busting Jim Rutherford's chops. Jim Rutherford, who has three Stanley Cup rings. Rutherford three, LaRock zero. But that's what goons do. Goons support other goons to make goons seem relevant. But good luck with that, because goons have never been less relevant. And somehow I don't think Reeves would have made the difference against Washington. LaRock was a great fighter, but he picked his spots. He never impacted games. He couldn't play hockey worth a damn. He was a crap teammate. He always played the star, and you know, Reeves had some of that in him. But this isn't about Reeves. This is about that Gil Hall LaRock. Hey, gentlemen, George, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-333-WXDX for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, LaRock would only fight the other team's heavyweights. And he wouldn't go after the other team's better players. Wouldn't rough them up. Wouldn't take the occasional cheap shot. Wouldn't intimidate. LaRock was a sideshow. Tom Wilson, I hate him, but he intimidates. He intimidates. I will give him that. LaRock didn't intimidate. He was big and tough, but he just declined to intimidate. Like I said, when LaRock left after the 08 playoffs, the Penn's dressing room was glad to see him go. We got on the subject of heroes earlier. You know who's a hero? J.J. Watt. He's a hero. All the money he raised for the victims of the hurricane, all the great things he's done, since, not just on a financial level, but on a personal level, ain't many guys better than J.J. Watt. He's done more for more people than some other people we've been talking about on today's program. Uh, somebody called me woke on Twitter. I am not woke. Go F yourself with that nonsense. I'm not woke. I'm not in either camp. I haven't chosen a side. I consider each situation and issue separately as an intelligent man who's not a frigging sheep is going to do. And uh, I do not feel indebted to my country at all. I've paid a ton of taxes. My dad, who I don't know, but he was a cop. My grandfather served in World War II. 
So the Madden Stower families have done their part. And like I said, a lot of taxes. Paid a lot of taxes. All this flag waving a lot of you jamokes do, it's because you don't feel like you're part of anything. You feel like you're insignificant and you just try to align yourself with something that's bigger than you. And I get it, but that's what it is. If you look at what the country's really done for you, really done for you, it's taken your money, it's taken your taxes, and occasionally it's filled the potholes in the roads. Not always, but occasionally. Think about that. Think about what your country's done for you. I had some idiot, when I say idiot, this, this, this person's a bigger idiot than most on Twitter. If it wasn't for this country, you wouldn't be able to talk on the radio like you do. Really? Because they do it in Canada, too. They do it in England, too. They do it all over the world. They even do it in Russia now. How about that, Tovash? Gino, if you're listening, I hope I pronounced that right. I doubt you are. Seriously, this nationalism, it's not only frightening, it's just stupid. But don't call me woke. I, I take that as an insult. Just as I would take it as an insult if you called me a Trumper, whatever his dopes are called. Let me tell you, you know what side to be on? Neither side. Let's go to Nick in the car. Nick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. Hey, I'm a big fan, Mark, and um, I appreciate that you have an opinion. Everybody's entitled to one. I just wanted to remind you that Colin Kaepernick was on the front cover of GQ magazine, and he's also given talks at high-level universities all up throughout the country. He's making a lot of money. Don't don't even think that he. Yeah, that message needs to be spread too. I think. Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but he is making money, so he's not the hero that fell. Yeah, on the and he's board, contributed like, like millions of dollars, millions of his own money. To causes which he's helped illuminate. So he's a hero. Yeah, I mean, somebody like you will gave, always find a, a reason to a say he's... No, shut up for a second. The, the people, the person that they turn on the radio to hear is talking right now. Okay? Somebody like you is always going to find a way to figure out why he's not a hero. But he's a hero. Anything no, I else? I don't... Be- I'm sorry. I don't believe so. I think, out, you know, Villanueva gave a year of his life. And you don't realize until you've been there... What were you there? Like that goes through. Yes, I was. Where were you at? I'm a co- combat veteran, Iraq. You think that makes you special? Think that makes you someone? Not there? at all, because we don't care. Because we honestly don't care. But all I'm saying is, is you can't even compare the two unless you know. I am, and I'm right. Goodbye. That's a rare example of a veteran who who feels entitled because he's a veteran, which that guy clearly did. When you say you can't compare the two, in other words, you can't compare me to him either. Nate is a veteran who tweets me, I did serve, and it doesn't give you a ticket to do whatever you want to. One thing that real veterans know is to be respectful in all situations. I think a real veteran would also understand that Kaepernick's a hero. Let's go to David and Latrobe. David. Matt, Mark, how you doing? Great. You know, I'm listening to all this. I can respect what you're saying, but I just want to make one simple point. I'm a non-vet. I came home to nothing. I came home to disrespect. Very few people have been treated worse than Vietnam War veterans, no question. Vietnam War veterans were not lionized like the veterans of today, correct? So just speaking for me, I don't watch the NFL because I'm not going to stand for the disrespect 
that you're going to bring out the veterans, you're going to bring out the active military, and then you're going to do this nonsense. Well, the mistake there is the, the, the mistake there is bringing out the active military and bringing out the veterans because they have nothing to do with football. And yeah, kneeling for the national anthem has nothing to do with disrespect for veterans either. As far as I'm concerned, if, if they're going to do this stuff and get rid of all of it, okay, just get rid of all of it and play the game. Yeah, but the only problem they're concerned about that you're talking about. They don't care that you feel disrespected. They just care that you're not watching football. Oh, I go along with that one. I agree with you. So you I'm would just watching. eliminate the anthem altogether? If you're not going to do it right, then don't do it. I'm not sure there's a, a, a handbook for doing it right, but but that's what I would do too. Thank you for the call. 412, let, let's go to Corey in the car real quick. Corey, you're on with Double M. What up, Big Sexy? What up? Uh, when this story first came about a couple of years ago, at first it was shocking to see someone do that because I had never seen somebody kneel, or actually he sat first for the anthem, yes. which I think he spoke to a veteran who asked him to meet him halfway and to kneel whenever right. he did the correct. anthem. That's correct. That's exactly right. But it amazes me how this has affected so many people and their opinions, one of which being that because he makes X amount of dollars a year, he is not entitled to the same opinions that someone that says makes fifty thousand dollars, especially just, when he's he put his money where dollars. those opinions are. Yeah. Colin yeah. Kaepernick's contributed so much of his own personal fortune; it's it's millions. The, the guy is nothing short of a hero. And the other thing that bothered me about it is when you've had other protests in Baltimore and things like that, because his cause is just. I mean, he has a very valid point with how the country is right now regarding those situations. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, thank you for the call. Uh, right. Thank you for the call. Look what happened in Milwaukee. That kid playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, the rookie. The cops hit him with a taser because he parked illegally. And there's a camera, because there always is. And it showed he did nothing, was not was not aggressive, did not resist. I mean, they just tasered him because they're cops and he's black. And I'm sorry, that's the only conclusion I can logically draw. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Drew Gray and Jason on hold, and we'll get the days not at the bottom of the hour. Oh, uh, here actually, I got to get this: in. a tweet from Nick Pappas, a comedy writer. The NFL will now penalize players for kneeling during the national anthem because everyone should be forced to stand against their will and hear about how they live in the land of the free. Exactamundo, one hundred five ninety X. We got days not at the bottom of the hour. Let's take a few calls in the interim. Let's go to Dave on the south side, Dave. Mark, how you doing? Good, what's up? I uh, just wanted to agree with you. I'm tired of these hillbillies who can't separate the military from what the protest is truly about. Uh, I, it, a lot of people don't even realize. Kaepernick went to a, a former long snapper and Green Beret, Nate Boyer, and formulated this plan in the first place. It has nothing to do with the military, and all these veterans calling in, beating their chest, they just don't get it. Well, only one veteran did that, honestly. Every other veteran I've dealt with about this topic has been more than reasonable. And no one's saying Villanueva's not a hero. I just think Kaepernick and what he's done has impacted more people than what Villanueva did. And I don't think that's an outrageous opinion at all. No, not at all. And it's always, I mean, it's these people who live out in the farmlands of Pennsylvania who barely know a black person. Black people couldn't vote 
50 years ago. They weren't, we had them in chains 150 years ago. This stuff wasn't that long ago. There's still a lot of social injustice in the country. I think your timetable's slightly off, but I, but I, I do get your drift. And, uh, you know, and I gotta be honest, I'm not a fan of Alejandro Villanueva. I didn't like that taking the shirt off and pouring beer all over himself at the Jumbotron at the Penguin game. I didn't like him coming out of the tunnel and double-crossing his teammates in Chicago last year. He's a veteran. He's decorated. I respect that. I just think there's a touch of the phony about him. I really do. Well, you... Let's go to Gray in Greensburg. Gray or Gary, whatever your name is, you're on 105.9 The X. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Gray. But, hey, Mark, you know, I, I think the people kind of side with Villanueva because uh, it wasn't last season. His uh, jersey was number one seller, I believe. So that tells you what the people think. Uh, the politics and sports. Maybe the people that Kaepernick's protesting on behalf of don't have the money to buy a Villanueva jersey. Maybe, but I mean, you know. Oh, you can gloss over that all you want, but uh, well, it's probably a sad fact of the matter. What do you think when I? I mean. I have a daughter who applied to Penn State at a great SAT score GPA, but she didn't get in over a minority because of uh, affirmative action. You don't see me protesting, so I don't want to hear about you know all this. Injustice. Oh, you and your poor daughter. Yeah. What can so society ever do to make up for this great wrong? I I, I don't know, Mark, but hey, the nineteen. 1970- I was at the Post Gazette and I saw a woman get the Penguins job ahead of me, and then the Chinese guy get a job ahead of me. You know what I did? I persevered and I succeeded and didn't whine about it. Okay, maybe I whined about it a little bit back then, but, but bro, you know, nobody cares about your story. Seriously, nobody cares about your story. Goodbye. Let's go to Drew in Lawrenceville. Drew, you're on with Double M. Drew, you're on the air. Yeah, so... uh I had an idea for these guys who are uh, protesting. I think they should come out, stand up, and then roll out a banner of every black person that's died who's got shot by one of these police officers. And then I would see what like to see what everybody would think of that. Actually, you know what? It's a little unwieldy, but it would drive the message home, I think. They're not going to do that, but it would drive the message home. Thank you for the They call. should. Here I thought the guy was going to double-cross me with a tasteless joke, and he came up with a rather serious point. Up next, Dejan, 105.9. Joining me now from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, Dejan, what's your take on the NFL's new anthem policy, which is really more one giant loophole and not a policy at all? No, they punted. And, and you know what? There were hints throughout the week coming out of the NFL owners' meetings that they were basically going to punt, and they – ultimately, quote-unquote, left it up to the states, if you will. That's what the federal government does whenever they can't come up with a solution for something, which is almost always. And they just said, you know what, here's something. And, you know, you can be like the Steelers, and you can just stay in the tunnel or stay in the room, or basically you can do whatever you want, and everyone's going to do whatever they want. What do you think the Steelers will do now that it's their policy to form? Uh, I think you're going to see the Steelers basically let the players do what they want because there's an understanding that they're not going to make a big deal out of anything. Oh, anymore. I don't know about that. They I, had their episode in Chicago, Mark. They I took think, it hard. They I, took it hard. I think when they when they said they were going to stay in the tunnel before the Chicago game and failed to do that because Villanueva double-crossed the boys, I, I, I think that they agreed, they decided to do that because some people wanted to kneel. If they leave it up to the players, I think somebody's going to kneel, and boy, that will get over like, like flatulence in church in this time. Yeah, my understanding from, and I... I 
put more credence in what I heard that day in Chicago than what happened or what was said in the subsequent days. You know how that goes, because then yes. they had a chance to discuss it amongst right. themselves. They, 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 they couldn't organize the cover-up. Get their story straight. And, and what I heard in Chicago that day was that they were upset about what they were trying to describe that day as a miscommunication. They had all agreed to basically stay back. Villanueva, you can call it a double cross. I wouldn't get that strong with it. But Villanueva decided to come out of the tunnel. And everybody else was kind of like, what the hell's going on? Because it made them look like a bunch of schmucks. And, and they did. That's the term double cross. And they did. And and I think what you're going to see moving forward is that they'll come up with something uniform because it did mess them up on the field. I mean, yeah. they, they lost to a it lousy team. It affected them on that day, for sure. Yeah, and even the fact that they've gone 14-2 and two against sub-500 teams over the last couple of years, all anybody remembers is that they lost to the Bears, therefore Tomlin stinks against losing teams. So th- that stung them. It, it really did, a lot of their guys, including guys, I might add, who were close to Villanueva. Okay, Pirates. Yep. Ray Searage has this great rep as a pitching coach, so... Why can't he do better with Glasnow and especially Tyon? See, you're going to roll your eyes at this, so just, just prepare to roll your eyes because I know you think that I blame everything on the front office, but the front office did produce the decree of pitch to contact. That didn't come from Ray, okay? I, and I know this for a fact, and then the pitchers will tell you this too. That came from above. Now, for a lot of these guys, it's benefited them. A Trevor Williams, who does not have great stuff, has been the Pirates' best starter this year. It hurt Garrett Cole, though. It it. Kept Garrett Cole from being all he could be. There's no question about that. Should have joined the Army Rangers with Villanueva. No. Charlie Morton, all they focused on with Charlie when he was here, and again, he'd tell you the same thing, was sinker, sinker, sinker. They wanted Charlie to become a sinker baller. He was ground chuck, remember? Get ground balls. That was actually their nickname for him. So he goes out there and he's trying to do that instead of just blasting the ball past people at 97 miles an hour, which is what Cole has done. Cole has not and been... And what Charlie's done in Houston, too. If you want to... Right. If you want to give the Astros credit, from what I've been told, and I was speaking with a, a reporter friend of mine in Houston who covers them, who told me that basically what they've done with both of those guys, but especially Cole, is change their pitching sequences, Mark. So now they're more, he, they're more effective in when they throw the fastball in certain counts. That is where you can get on Ray Searage. But the idea that Ray has been in favor of pitch to contact or that was Ray's idea, no. Well, no, I, 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 I think uh, there's a lot to what you say there. but But nonetheless... Well, first off, you can't have a uniform policy that every pitcher should pitch Absolutely. to contact. That's why I say Trevor Williams, you want him pitching to contact. If he's trying to miss bats, he's going to get killed. But but what's wrong with Tyon specifically? Because there's something wrong there. He just he looks bad. He looks uncomfortable out there, generally discombobulated, but, but not every game. Some games he's been terrific. Yeah. Just very inconsistent. And what's and, and actually, Mark, he's been inconsistent within those starts. That's the part that mads you. He has uh, remember Esteban Loiza when he pitched here? Yeah. One bad inning Esteban. That was yeah. him. Well, whenever he left, Esteban did, and this is another guy. He went to Toronto and ended up becoming a really, really good pitcher. He kind of found himself. Tyone needs to get through those rough patches. Uh, that's not a result of pitching from the stretch. It's not a result of him not having stuff. It's certainly not a result of confidence. The kid, I've never heard him speak the way he has lately uh, about his belief in his stuff and his belief in everything. He has to put it together, but also make sure that the catcher gets his share of blame too because the catcher has to come up with the sequences to get him out of jams. Tyon's not doing that right now. The Pirates tend to either be on a long winning streak or a long losing streak. 
Well, this right is now, the fir- right now yeah. a losing streak. Why are they so crazy and consistent? Well, this is the first, I think, their first really bad stretch of the season, these four games, considering where, who where they, they played. Where they've looked bad. Yeah. They've not only lost, but looked very bad in doing so. Just incompetent. Yeah, and then they've had bad plate appearances, which they haven't had all season long. Uh, they haven't been great in the field throughout the season. But even I, don't then, they, I don't think they are great in the field. But even then, for Jordy Mercer, the most shorthanded shortstop around to make that bad flip to Jay Yeah, but that's contagious. And Stuff like that's contagious on a team. It rattles you a little bit. Uh, now your closer blew a save that he shouldn't have blown. And it, it can have a ripple effect on the team, including on the lineup. This is nothing that they can't solve by getting a couple of good Ws against Cincinnati. But, man, you know, we've been making this point now, you and I, for a while here on this segment, that you got to take care of these teams. You got yeah. to because wait till you see what's coming up. It is not hard to imagine them regretting the three losses to San Diego and and this one to Cincinnati as well. Now, is Austin Meadows pretty good or is this beginner's luck? No, he's he's legit. I mean, this is But he it, wasn't doing great in AAA. First of all, he's not this good. Let, let's be clear. Well, nobody's this good. Not yeah. just Ted Williams. Yeah. Um, but, but but like but like he was not doing well in AAA. Like he has one home run in 15 at bats in two home runs. In 15 at bats in the big leagues, he had one in like a buck 25 in the minors. No, he's driving the ball too since he's come up. Even his outs have looked good. He's had good patient at bats. He's he's fent, he's fought off pitches that have come in tight on him. Things that you want to see guys some who guys are, play better at the higher level and in some, any sport. And some guys do that because maybe he'll be able to do more with higher with a higher quality of pitches that he's facing and not have to be as selective. If that makes sense, I think that's no, what no. you're talking about. It's point yeah. guard syndrome. It, it, you can't be a great point guard until you get to the NBA. And, he, and even generating, you know, the ball's generating some of the power, too. Yeah. Because the pitchers it, throw hard. He's been impressive. Um, I think that some some of it's being taken a little overboard, which is what happens when a guy comes up. Uh, I remember when Jay Bruce came up. I was, I was actually covering the game in Cincinnati against the Pirates and went four for four and looked like the greatest ball player in human history. Well, eventually he just became Jay Bruce. He's okay. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> but, but like the uh, – the Meadows thing, I think fans get overly hyped because they know he's going right back down. Well, you also get tough. Should he go right back down? No, of course not. I think there's plenty of at-bats to be had there. Uh, for one thing, Polanco... Yeah, the fourth outfielder plays a lot. Polanco is having a better season than what people are giving him credit for. Oh, I disagree. Uh, it's because you're just looking at batting average. No, I'm looking at him popping up with the bases loaded last night. That hurts. And just having a terrible at-bat. And he also hey, had a terrible drop early on in the game as well. Now and, and again. But I think Polanco is becoming more of a narrative than a reality. The other thing is that Corey Dickerson and Starling Marte are both due for a little bit of a correction. You can work him in as a fourth outfielder. That, I think so, too. You know? Really, who's he playing ahead of in that sequence, right? Adam Frazier, Sean Rodriguez, Jose Osuna. He should be out there. Well, right. You could you could get him enough games. Yeah, one out of every four. And not only that, too. If you manage properly, and and, and I think not Clint, one out of every four. I misspoke there. I mean, he can get out there for two, three out of every four. Well, I th- and I, I think I think Clint does a good job managing. Yes. All you do is drill down a little bit and figure out where to spot him and spare some spare your regular outfielders at bats against pitchers they can't cope with. And since he can play the two toughest positions, center and left at PNC right. Park, that means you can work him in pretty much anywhere. But he's still going right back down, isn't he? I don't think he is. Really? I really don't. I hope you're right. Are you talking about the Super 2 stuff? I'm talking about just they're going to send I think him back down because they don't, they don't think he'll play much up here. No, they don't have other outfielders, Mark. Who, you heard of the three names I just they mentioned do. here. They think they do. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think he's going to stick. I really do. Now, a little Penguins talk. There's discord between Kessel and Sullivan, apparently, but we all knew that. 
Isn't there going to be discord between Kessel and every coach because he's just not a cookie-cutter player? He's not, but he is a special player. And if we're going to label him by what he did in the well, playoffs, well, that's not fair. Oh, no, it's not fair. It, okay. It, but discord is a, is different than wanting to get rid of him. I don't know. what What's discord? He's Phil. Oh, he doesn't block shots. He doesn't check. Everybody has discord with Phil. He's that, that, awful that, in it, practice it when matter. it comes to systematic work. You know what? And then who is their power play run through? No, no. He I'm, is the power no, play I mean, system. See, I, I'm not saying get rid of him. Okay. But I understand discord's not a right a good word. Yeah. Frustration. You're always going to be frustrated if you're a coach with a guy like that, but, even when he's getting 93 points. But you know Mike Sullivan, and you know the pride he takes in being able to adjust from personality to personality. Yes, but that doesn't mean he won't get frustrated. He's also very proud I, of the I fact. I think the column was horribly overblown, by the way. He's also, what column? Post-Gazette, Ron Cook wrote a... I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, he, no, it was a good column as well written. I just think it was overblown. Phil has, apparently not that much, because I didn't even hear about it, but Phil has his own heartbeat that he follows and the penguins saw the benefit of that mike sullivan saw the benefit of that uh this past season leave phil alone you're gonna get what you want out of him especially on the power play but i'll tell you this mike sullivan is proud of the fact that everybody and this includes me and you were talking last summer about how oh there's no way he's going to be able to survive rick tockett's departure right. and everything else like that Sullivan took some of that to heart. You know yes, that. Yes, of course he did. Okay. And, he, and I think he's done a good, like, let me tell and you. And he has. He got the best regular season Phil Kessel's ever had. No matter what level of, no matter what level of hockey I may have coached, it's not an impressive one, but I've coached guys that were great players I wanted to strangle about 50% of the time. And you still kept them on your team, didn't yes, you? Yes, of course I did. And, and I you learned, still tried to get the most out of them. Yeah, they were kids, so I bullied them, and I was good at that. <laughs> but, 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 like, but you just, you just... You learn to work with the good players. I think Sullivan has. Like, for example, I don't sense that Phil's about to be traded. No. I think it could happen eventually if Sprong matures, but not this year. I don't sense that, that Phil's going to be benched. I do sense a little discontent in a lot of quarters with the Penguins that Phil didn't take time off to heal up at the end of the regular season. I have heard that as well, and I think that's a separate issue. And in the locker room a little bit, too. And I, that's a separate, little bit, not a, a lot. separate issue. No, and when we're talking about the locker room, just to, to clarify for anybody who thinks this this stuff matters, it's not about whether or not he talks to the media or any any silliness no. like that. And this I don't is, care if he does or doesn't. I, I definitely don't care. That's one less bit of uh, audio that you got to transcribe, right? That said, the only one on one interview was Phil on this show. How did you manage to work that in? Uh, because I said I said when he first came here. I go, Jen, if I can get him some year, that would be great. That's Jennifer Bellano, yes, the Penguins, yes, by the, the way. Yes, the Penguins PR lady. And, uh, you know, they, you know and, and I like Phil. I do. I think he's a pain in the ass, but I'm a pain in the ass. I like the guy. There's nothing not to like about him. If you mean one-on-one -on, -one on radio, I'll grant you that. I had one-on-ones with Phil in, in different yeah, yeah, forms yeah. over no, the course he of was the season. Great. And he's been, he's, you know what, Phil is I one really... of those people in life but also professionally, who's just better one-on-one. -on -one. He doesn't yes. like when he gets yes. surrounded by a bunch of people. Does, he and I had a wonderful talk in Vancouver at the end of that trip. Remember when he was the Penguins' like only good player on right, the entire right, right. trip? And he had a lot of really good things to say, and he liked it just because it was just me and him. Well, and I researched what Phil likes to talk about, too. Like He likes to talk about the flex of a stick and why it works for him, and he was all over that stuff. You know what Phil's not talking about today? Whatever column it was that you just cited. I know that. But I, I liked what when he when we were talking about the stick flex. He goes, "Hey, don't tell the carpenter what tools to use." Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is Ben Roethlisberger the greatest or what? 
He leads us on a merry chase with every word he says and all the contradictions, and I love it. You love it too, and he it. just walks it all back, man. He did it yesterday, right in front of us. He has no. He puts a big smile on his face and just goes, "You know what? I can say whatever I want to say here, right and now." He, he knows that's we what know. he did, or rather, he knows some of us know. No, he knew. He knew every. He knew everything. The best thing he did was when he said that his previous quotes were taken out of context. They were taken out of context, quote unquote, mm-hmm. on his radio show, Ben Roethlisberger's show, that only featured him. So he was the entire context. He was the context. That's right. It might say on the back of his jersey the context above the seven. I he, love him. He had. Ha- you know what? He he handled it just fine yesterday. I'll tell you. What, I was over there. I watched him uh, interacting with Mason Rudolph. You know what? You can't manufacture that stuff. I mean, you can to a certain extent, but at the same time, Ben didn't have to call him over after a couple of those and give him honest, like really good advice in a couple of cases. Uh, he, he was impressive. He's Ben, man. He yeah. is what he is. No, I'm, you a, know? I'm a Ben fan. He's a nice, so am I. He's a nice bunch of guys. Uh, <laughs> are you going to the River Hunts game? I am. Are you? Oh, you really know. I, I have a prior commitment, but U.S. Open Cup game. That's you know big. what? If they win and they can bring an MLS club into Pittsburgh, that it, scene it, with D.C. United was one of the best it, soccer scenes you've ever seen. It only matters if it's a home game. Yeah, I to know. Go to an MLS, although to go to an MLS stadium would mean a bigger payday, you know. It would be a bigger payday, but man, what a scene that was when the United came here a couple of years ago. We had Kevin Carl on. Anybody who can talk with that accent and say gaffer and tactics? He's the best. He, you know, I always want. I bet he's well. No, the Scots are usually Liverpool fans, but if he wasn't, I'd have to ban him from the show. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Brought to you by Walnut Grill. I'm Mark Madden. Time to ask Mark anything. Four one two three 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 WXDX. Time now to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood at Chapas, so be sure to check out Chapino in the Strip and. Try that super genius burger. Let's go to Tom in Mount Lebanon. Tom, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Um, so I, I'm going to be spending a lot of time at Conneaut this summer. Um, oh, you're a lucky man. Summer. I'm going to try to go there in June. The, I've never been there before. What are your What are your favorite pizza? What's your favorite place to get a steak, ice cream, and what's your favorite place to drink there? Well, ice cream is is Hank's custard. But there's another okay. real good ice cream place. I forget what it's called, right by Hank's. But my my favorite is Hank's Custard. Eddie's Hot Dogs is tremendous. Uh, park Fries, although they will literally clog your arteries on the spot. The French fries at the park are tremendous. Uh, pizza, I don't think I've had pizza, Connie, like since I was a kid. So I, I, I can't say for sure. Um, um for breakfast, what's it called? Miller's Food Factory, which is right outside Conneaut Lake. That's a breakfast place. There's a nice little diner in town, but I forget what it's called, too. I mean, bro, it's the whole place is about the size of Green Tree. You'll be able to find, you know, places. Uh, oh, and, and Silver Shores. Silver Shores is my favorite restaurant. It, it overlooks the lake. It's really nice. Make sure you try Silver Shores. All the places we'll I mentioned. On our boat. All the places I mentioned are gold. So enjoy Conneaut. Maybe I'll. See you up there. All right. Let's go to uh, Darren in the car. Darren, if ask Mark in, anything. If you lived in Erie as a 10-year-old boy growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, and you had a football team, would you choose the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, or the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's a very intriguing question because Erie's about equidistant from all three, correct? Correct. Well, I mean, the Steelers were the more named franchise at that time. They had won a Super Bowl in a bit, but they were still the more successful team, correct? Yes. 
When did Cleveland have their little run, like when Elway beat them on the drive? What year was that? It was like 89 and 90. Oh, okay. So there's some competition there in theory. And Buffalo made their four Super Bowls in the 90s, right? Correct. That's a tough call. That's a really tough call. I always think that Erie tends toward Pittsburgh, though, don't you? Yeah. And one of the Cleveland Browns. No, I don't know. I mean, I've not been to Erie much, but I've seen more Pittsburgh sports stuff there than um, than uh, Buffalo or Cleveland. Thank you for the call. Okay, the Conneaut Diner is the State Street Diner. It's pretty good. Uh, I like the restaurant at the hotel, too. I always stay at the Hotel Conneaut because it's where I stayed when I was a kid. Love that place. The long wraparound porch. I mean, although when I go there, and I'm going in June, I think, I go Friday after work, and I leave late Saturday night. I get home around midnight. I keep the room for two days, but everything I want to do there, I can do in 36 hours. No question. Let's go to Mobile Unit 1. Ask Mark anything. Double M, how's it going? Good. Hey, I was out in Vegas uh, for last week on a business trip, and last night I was hanging out outside the MGM. I was coming back from a business day. So you're home today? Yeah, I just got back. Okay, MGM Grant's a pretty awesome place. Go ahead. And uh, I just was coming back from a business dinner, and this drop-dead gorgeous woman, it's about midnight or so, comes up and starts making small talk with me, and she asked me if I wanted to have some fun, and she looked like she was out of my league, and I said, eh, I better, I didn't want to Hooker. take a chance. So I, no, no, what? Hooker. No. Of course. You're kidding me. Well, that makes me feel better. I, I, I was going to ask You're being sarcastic, I hope. You think, like, prostitute hooker? You're right. I must be wrong because they never have that in Vegas. Uh, you, you know what, though? Never go with the bar hooker, the street hooker, no matter how hot they might be. This is what I'm told. Because they'll drug you and clean you out half the time because there's no accountability, right? You can't call the, you know, there's that, like, 866-girls-to-your-room number, whatever it is. If, if somebody, you know, does you dirty and you called that number, you can call that number again because they knew who the girl was. There was a guy who worked for WCW and did lights. He picked up this super hot hooker in a bar in Vegas. She drugged him, and when he when he woke up, everything in his room was gone. Every single thing he owned was gone. And when I say when he woke up, I mean he woke up in the hospital because he had a bad reaction to drugs and, and almost died. Let's go to Jeff and Carrick. Jeff, real quick, ask Mark anything. Yeah. Hey, Mark, you ever go to Mama Bears? And, you know? Where's that at? I never even heard of Mama Bears. Yeah, because I have a sticker. My dad passed away. And, uh, used to go there all the time like for breakfast and stuff. Is Where's it, it at? There? In Conneaut. Where at in Conneaut? It's right by the, the roller coaster off the road there. Oh, no, it's not there anymore. I know exactly where you mean. Oh, my yeah, God, I can't called, believe you said that. Been, you used to call Mama Bears. I went there as a kid all the time. Yes. Yeah, so oh, I'm I. about to cry because you brought that up. It was you're right. Yeah. It was right by the entrance to the park. Right. You oh, know what absolutely. I remember about it? They what? they misspelled the word breakfast in their sign. <laughs> yeah, they left the, they left the K was, out. It, it was, was breakfast. It was the best breakfast in the world. It was. Oh God, I got to get off the air because I'm going to cry. I don't think we called it Mama Bears, though. But I remember distinctly they misspelled it breakfast. Ah. And Connie, it's, it's not all the rides. It's going great already. Opening this weekend, 105.9 The X.